The Iowa Hawkeyes are going to beat Auburn. I'm going to tell you why. We're going to not just win this game. Hawks are going to dominate, and we'll get our shot against Houston today. Locked on Hawkeyes. Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts, and you can also find us on YouTube while you're there. Hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Well, as we get ready for this one, Iowa currently is a one-point underdog at FanDuel to the Auburn Tigers. It will be a de facto home game for the Tigers, at least. As it pertains to proximity, there's going to be plenty of Auburn fans that are going to make their way into the building. The good news is Alabama's also there. There's no way that those Crimson Tide fans are going to be rooting for Auburn. So I guess that's the positive when you look at it and the breakdown of things. Well, let's talk about this matchup. And happy to be back home, back here in Des Moines, getting set up. Uh, made my stop over to earlier today, Wells Fargo Arena. Got my credential for all the games on Thursday and Friday and Saturday that'll be played at Wells Fargo Arena. I'll be set up there and getting ready, of course, for the Iowa matchup. That is a 5.50 tip-off on Thursday as they get their matchup against Auburn. So the question is, as we get back into a little normalcy here, no more Simba over my shoulder, none of that as we're down at Disney. A normal podcast here for you. We'll also have you covered on Thursday morning, a new episode. We will take one final look at the Iowa-Auburn matchup. We will also uh, talk a little NCAA wrestling and, and a little deeper dive into also the women's draw. We'll get into that a little bit more here. This is basically going to be a men's-only podcast as we get ready for the game on Thursday, early, uh, late afternoon into the early evening. And I want to start with a couple of things and a deeper look at things. You know, we gave you the initial look on Sunday night after everything went final. And, you know, the first thing that jumps out is there's just – there's a couple of big metrics here that really point to Iowa having a lot of advantages in this game. And seemingly every time that we've kind of heard these narratives, well, now they're going to be bigger. They're going to be more athletic. That, that just, it doesn't really play out in that fashion. Iowa's got a great opportunity in this game, I think, to race out to an early lead. So practices finished up here on Wednesday. And after the practices, there are a couple of things that jumped out. First, uh, the talk about proximity. I mean, that's going to be a portion of it. And a home court advantage, if that's something that you really believe in for Auburn, if that's going to be something that's going to show out. I don't see it that way. I, I don't think that's a big advantage. First of all, NCAA tournament in general, when you see the environment that you have, there's some good environments, but for the most, like, they're not sterile. I mean, that's not a fair way to put it, but you will see certainly when the upsets are happening, everybody start to get behind the underdog a little bit. There are times where there's a decided advantage as it pertains to numbers. I don't think that's the case. And we've seen this Iowa team, though it has been rare, they have been able to go on the road. What they did at Rutgers, what they did against Indiana, they've been able to go out there in more difficult road environments and then they're going to be facing here and be able to get victories. Iowa, we know they can score, right? I mean, this, this team absolutely can score. That has not been a problem. The question becomes about the basketball. And it's silly that we have to have this conversation. It's silly that this continues to be a big part of the narrative. In fact, 
I took a picture of the basketballs. It was down at Wells Fargo Arena, the same one that'll be used all throughout the tournament of the Wilson basketballs. Those are those brighter orange ones. The Big Ten tournament also used them. Of course, Iowa didn't shoot it very well against Ohio State and people going that way. It's a basketball. I mean, have we gone too far? Years ago, Wisconsin used to use this crappy basketball that they were the only ones that used. And that one, I understood that. The ball was a little bit slicker. These balls are fine. They look like an outdoor ball, but they are just fine. Now, another thing that came out, Chad likes to go to the Des Moines Register. He tweeted about this, and he talked a little bit about the rims at the arena looked a little bit tight. Balls bouncing out, a little frustration maybe from Iowa as they were going through the run-through today. Again, these are all these mental things. we got to get past this. Let's have Fran go out there and be Philly tough, right? Enough of the excuses, enough of all the concerns about basketballs, environments, and all. Just go out there and play. Enough with the narratives, enough with the excuses. The excuses, it drives me nuts. I'm not an excuse maker, though there are reasons for things to happen all the time, but it gets too deep sometimes. And it feels like it happens with this Iowa basketball team too often, where it goes from just reasons for things that happen, and it becomes, I don't want to hear them anymore. And I don't want to hear the reasons anymore. Go out there and play well. Basketball. You've been playing with all kinds of basketballs throughout your whole career. Enough of the whining, enough of the complaining. If the rims are tight, then go to the rim and make layups and get inside. If that's a problem, go do it. And you know what? Don't worry about the rims. Just make your shots. Don't worry about it having to have a soft run and fall into the No, just make your shots. Enough with the excuses because this matchup sets up incredibly well. Now, we had this conversation a year ago. Iowa last year after the run in the Big Ten tournament to the championship, they took on a Richmond team that shouldn't even have been a 12 seed. They won the A-10 conference tournament. They were not that good. They were of the 12 seed in last year's bracket. Absolutely the team that Iowa should have run off the floor, and they didn't. They didn't shoot it well, and they just, outside of Patrick McCaffrey, nobody could get it going. Keegan tweaked his ankle early in the game, and he disappeared. Can't have that from Chris. Chris Murray needs to go out and show that there's a reason you're a first-round draft pick. There's a reason that you're showing up in all these All-American lists, and you're showing up on all Big Ten lists. Go out there and be the best player on the floor. That's what you need to do. So, scouting report for Auburn. We'll get into that a little bit more. But mention some of the metrics that point to Iowa having some advantages. And a couple of things that jump out. First of all, when Iowa has the basketball, what are they really, really good at? Time in and time out, well, they don't turn it over. Auburn, for a team that does pressure you, they don't force a ton of turnovers. Iowa second in the Big Ten this year in offensive rebounding. 66 in the country. Auburn gives up a ton of offensive rebounds. That means Chris Murray, you got to be getting in there and getting those extra possessions. Philip Rabracha, it's time to have a game, kid. Go out there and leave it all on the floor. This could be the last time you put on a Hawkeye uniform. Leave it all out there. You need them in a big-time way. Free throw attempts per field goal uh, against field goal attempts. Again, this is something that Auburn really struggles at. Iowa, an ability to get to the free throw line. These are all things that match up incredibly well. Auburn can't shoot it. They just can't shoot the basketball. They're 316th in the country in three-point shooting percentage. Wendell Green, their best player, 29%. Broom, 27%. KD Johnson, 32%. The best of the bunch, Jalen Williams, he's at 35.8% this year, 35% as well for Flanagan. This is not a team that shoots the ball very well. Go out there. Close out under control. Know what you're doing defensively. If you're switching defenses, absolutely go out there and do those kind of things. And another thing, you think of 
Bruce Pearl and you think of Auburn, you think of they're playing at a fast pace. That's not really the case with this year's team. They're 165th in pace, 121st in average possession league. This is not a team that normally pushes the ball at a level. This is custom made. If Iowa comes out there and they play even okay offensively, they're going to win this game and not just win it. I think they're going to win it handily. Just show up. Enough with the excuses. Make it happen. We continue to break things down. We look at this matchup for Iowa and what awaits in front of them on Saturday if they do get by Auburn. A real opportunity here against Houston, a Houston team that is the prohibitive favorite in the betting markets of places like FanDuel. We'll talk about that and a look forward for Iowa hoops as we get ready for the NCAA tournament. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Hawkeyes is brought to you by FanDuel. New customers right now at FanDuel. That's America's number one sportsbook. New customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app right now. It is safe, secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything. Money line, point scores, three-pointers drained. They got all the markets in the NBA. And you know, with an NCAA tournament and with college hoops and the biggest and best couple of days on the calendar, you know they have you covered at FanDuel. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with their same game parlays. Don't miss your chance right now for your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Trent Connor back with you again here on Locked On Hawkeyes. As always, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. So let's get into this Auburn team and, and what we know a little bit deeper. We talked about the three-point shooting. That has been a struggle for them. Pretty good defensive team. That's what they do. They're going to guard you, but you also look at their resume. So this is what has happened with this team really over the last six weeks of the calendar, starting after they had a five-game winning streak. Well, five-game winning streak in the SEC. That's got to be pretty good, right? They beat Arkansas at home. That was Arkansas playing without Nick Smith. They won at Ole Miss. Ole Miss, terrible. So bad that they have to go out and hire Chris Beard. Mississippi State, a tournament team. Not a very good one. That was at home. And they won at LSU and South Carolina. Two teams going the wrong way. Not a whole lot of meat in that five-game winning streak. Since then, starting on January 25th, lost at home to AM, Lost to West Virginia in the, ACC, in the uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge. Beat Georgia at home. Georgia stinks. Lost to Tennessee, AM, Alabama. Back to back to back. Came back. They clubbed Missouri, then lost at Vanderbilt, barely beat Ole Miss at home, lost to Kentucky by 32, lost in overtime to Alabama, beat Tennessee, and then lost in the first round of their first SEC tournament matchup against Arkansas by three. It's not a team playing well. It's not a team to be concerned about. The other part is Bruce Pearl. And Bruce Pearl said a lot of great things about his time at Iowa. For you youngsters out there, maybe you don't remember Bruce Pearl on the sidelines with Dr. Tom, and there's been a ton of stories this week talking about that. He was an assistant coach, a guy from the Boston area that built himself up, a guy that got mired in controversy with Deion Thomas. Now, Deion Thomas was a big-time prospect coming out of high school. It looked like it was coming down to Iowa and Illinois. Bruce Pearl, he taped a conversation that they were having. It turned into a whole bit about him. He said, she said, back and forth going on. A Chevy Blazer was uh, involved in the conversation there were all kinds of things that were happening. But for many in the college community, a dirty, dirty recruiting world back then. It's 
cleaned up now because, well, we got NIL. Makes it a little bit easier. But Bruce Pearl, he was, his name was Mud in a lot of circles. In a lot of basketball circles, Bruce Pearl was not a beloved figure. So what does he do? He starts to grind. And he goes to Division II. He goes to Southern Indiana, does a great job there, leads them to Final Fours and National Championship games, did an incredible job. And finally, he got an opportunity at UW-Milwaukee. After Bo Ryan, speaking of an old name from Big Ten lore, after Bo Ryan got the uh, job at UW-Milwaukee, ultimately went to Wisconsin, he got that job in 2002. Took over for Bo Ryan, did a great job, made the NCAA tournament in his second year, by year four, had them in the Sweet 16. And then he gets the Tennessee job. And he had Tennessee buzzing at a level that we hadn't seen Tennessee basketball in an incredibly long time. We had Aaron Kraft, another one from Big Ten Laura, the whole former Buckeye point guard. You had him on a visit. Had him over for a barbecue. And then lied about it. Ooh, can't do that. So he was given a show cause, and he was out of the game for four years. Bounces back at Auburn, and since then, he has taken Auburn to a Final Four couple other NCAA tournaments. In fact, Bruce Pearl hasn't lost a game in the first round of the NCAA tournament, much like Dr. Tom in his days at Iowa. Now, he did lose at Tennessee. In fact, he lost a couple of games in the first round at Tennessee. A one as a nine seed. I believe, in fact, both those games as nine seeds in the first round. So he's had some hit or miss, let's say, in the NCAA tournament during his career. Bruce Pearl, though, a guy that has always said great things about the University of Iowa, about his time in Iowa City, a guy that, myself included, would have loved to see ultimately get that Iowa job. That never happened, so instead, we got a chance to beat him. Let's make that happen. Final thoughts when we come back and also run through the bracket. We will give you my picks for the NCAA tournament. I have uh, had some success throughout the years in the big bracket. We'll run through these. I'm coming in hot here because I have not had a deep dive into the bracket. This one could be a disaster of a year. We'll talk about it. A breakdown of the tournament and the Hawkeyes and their chances against Houston. Once we get past Auburn, yes, we're going to get past them. That's as we continue here. I'm locked on Hawkeyes. Trent kind of back with you one final time. I'm locked on Hawkeyes as always. Thanks for making locked on Hawkeyes your first listen today. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It is an incredible insight. And also going on right now, we have Locked On College Basketball's bracket breakdown. Our national analysis and insights from our local experts. The Locked On College Basketball breakdown will have everything you need to know to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode right now, Locked On College Basketball, wherever you get your podcast in on YouTube. So as we wrap things up, we're going to beat Auburn and we're going to get our shot against Houston. No, Houston's not going to lose in the first round. That's not going to happen. That is not going to be the case. But in the round of 32, this has been the sticking part, right? This has been the part where we just haven't been able to get over the hump. From opportunities being there last year, it was absolutely set up perfectly. I mean, an absolutely beautiful set up for Iowa to get it done, right? We lose to Richmond. We go back in the past as well. Oh, we don't want that. Get rid of that. All right, there we go. Sorry, a little audio played in the background. So we have that going on. The year against Oregon. Oregon just shot the crap out of the ball. Lose to Villanova. Lose to Gonzaga in the round of 32. They were just better than Iowa. This year, Houston's better than Iowa. That's not what we're saying, but... 
Houston without Sasser, they're relying on three freshmen in the backcourt. That's not always a successful run here. Houston is going to guard you, but we've seen teams that play defense, and I was Ben right there. I just, I got a feeling. We get there, we really have a chance. Iowa likely in the game. So as you look at the numbers and what Iowa is going to be as it pertains to the point spread, this will be pretty close to the FanDuel number. Houston right now, their number 28.8. So Iowa's going to be probably somewhere in the neighborhood about 11-point underdog against Houston. Grab those points. We got a chance. We got a real chance in that matchup. We got to get there. Get to Saturday in Birmingham and then punch the ticket. And can you imagine, we get to a Sweet 16. We, we realize, right, where we're going. Kansas City, ho, ho, hop in the car. We're going to make that happen. We're going to be there if Iowa makes a Sweet 16. All right, so let's take a look at the big bracket. All right, what, what do I like here? So this is one thing that I have done for years now. And as I said, been successful doing this in the past. Not going to win every year. It's not likely. Uh, the last real tournament that we had without kind of all the goofiness going on in 2019, I had three of the four Final Four teams. The only one I missed lost in overtime. So we're pretty good at this. And how I like to do it as I work backwards. So you work backwards. Who's your Final Four team? And then you make your way back. And then you can also kind of fill in, especially if you get those uh, seeding strategies where you get bonus points in the pools that you're in, uh, going the route of bonus points for a double-digit seed or a difference between the seeds. Say it's a 6-11 game, five-seed difference, maybe get five bonus points. Look, all the brackets do it different ways. So working backwards, who would I like? You got Alabama there at the top as the number one seed. Really like this Alabama team. Uh, Arizona's the two. Impressive what they did in the Pac-12 tournament, beating UCLA in the championship game. Auburn's the three. Uh, excuse me, Baylor's the three. Baylor, we saw, kind of hit the skids at the end of the year, had those back-to-back losses to Iowa State. That, that backward just did not play well, and they're not real healthy. Don't like them. Do like Creighton. In fact, I'm going to have Creighton in my Sweet 16. So we got Arizona Creighton in the bottom half, and the top half, Alabama. And then who do you like? San Diego State. That's a 12-5 matchup. Are you nervous about Charleston, who comes in at 31-3? Maybe. Furman, I, I think, has a real chance there. Ultimately, it comes down to who do you like between Virginia and San Diego State? That is a toss-up for me. Ultimately, I like San Diego State. I'm going to take them. Alabama, San Diego State on the top part, with Alabama advancing on the bottom little chalky here, but we got Creighton, Arizona. I'm going to take Creighton to get to the Elite Eight. Alabama, Creighton. I got Alabama getting there from the south. We go to the east. That'll be bottom left as you look at it here. Purdue is your one seed, followed by Marquette as the two. K-State, the three. Your four is Tennessee. Five is Duke. Ugh. Kentucky is... A... It took me all the way till Kentucky before I like somebody. In fact, that's what I'm going to do. We're going to have Kentucky, another SEC team, Coming out of the East, Kentucky as the sixth seed. There's my upstart. That is my long shot, if you will. Like the way that we've seen Kentucky, though inconsistent at times. I think they got the confidence, certainly, to make a run. I like them against Coach Cooley's team in the first round. I do not like Kansas State. They'll be also traveling for over to Greensboro in that one. I like that way that it's set up. So give us in that Kentucky coming out. Purdue in the Sweet 16, getting beat by Duke there. Yes, Duke, Kentucky in the Elite Eight. In the East. In the Midwest, I told you I love Iowa's chances if they can get past Auburn to make a run here. I like Drake as well. Indiana, we're going to take them in the top half of the bracket, though. Give me the Hoosiers, inconsistent as they are. And we saw Iowa, of course, beat them both games this season. In the bottom half of the draw, same kind of inconsistency, a possibility of Texas, Texas AM. Not going to happen, though. Give me Penn State to beat AM. I love this Nittany Lion team. We're going to get the Nittany Lions in the Des Moines part of the region there to get to the sweet 16 with Xavier awaiting there in the uh, top part of the bottom portion of the bracket. We got Indiana 
against Xavier in the Elite Eight. And I'm going a little bit deeper again. Give me Indiana out of the Big Ten. I think the only team of the Big Ten that has a great chance of getting to the Final Four. And finally, in the West, Kansas upset that they got shipped out there. They'll be in Vegas for the Sweet 16. I think they get blessed, not just Howard, but the winner of Arkansas, Illinois. I love UConn to be awaiting there. This UConn team, when they're right, they're as good as anybody. Give me VCU over St. Mary's in the opening round matchup. We'll get a 12 over a 5 there. In the bottom half, UCLA, not the same team without the injuries uh, that they had to their best defender out there. Some of the numbers certainly have backed that up. I love both Gonzaga and TCU here. TCU, Gonzaga, it's back and forth. We're going to take the Zags, though. It'll be Gonzaga against Kansas with the Jayhawks. So we got two ones. We got Kansas and Alabama there. We got Kentucky, and we have out of the uh, Midwest region, we have Indiana. So give me in that scenario. I'm going to take Kansas to get back to the national championship game, awaiting them Alabama. And yes, I got Alabama cutting down the nuts with everything going on around them. That's how we break things down. Now, this is a rip through. We will have our final bracket in front of you, but always fun to rip through things and give you some thoughts. Iowa, I think there's a real chance of us getting there. Let's hope that it happens. That does it for today. Thanks for checking in with us here on Lockdown Hawkeyes, your team every day on the Lockdown Network. Don't forget about Lockdown College Basketball with Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bringing you everything you need to know on and off the floor with Lockdown College Basketball, also available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. We will talk to you again with a little deeper dive onto a couple other things. What's happened in wrestling, we'll try to find an avenue for Iowa to chase down Penn State. It is going to be a difficult task. Can the Hawkeyes do it? And we'll dive deeper into the women's. Plus, final thoughts on Iowa-Auburn in the first round. I'll come to your feet tomorrow here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Let's get it done tomorrow. Go Hawks!